I hope you got a journal. These are our gifts to you. It's one of the ways that when you give here, you're, you're helping build some discipleship into the life of the church. These are about discipleship because they help us open on a daily basis a conduit between us and God. So the point isn't the journal. The point is the relationship that you're developing with God by opening up some of his word and wrestling with what it means. Today, we're on page 23. And I think we still have some journals available. If you didn't get one, they'll be at the back in that connect room. You can grab one and, uh, and, and, and take it with you. But before we jump into the story today, I want to catch you up to speed with what parables are and why we're, di- why we're digging into them during the Lent series, so during this series that we're in that leads up to Easter. And uh, parable literally means to set alongside. And so what Jesus was doing with parables is he was telling these brilliant stories. Last week we talked about movies. You remember we talked about true life movies? There's just something about a movie that is true that can communicate something that sometimes is hard to communicate if you're just telling like a list or, you know, you should believe this because of this. But if you see a movie, like you're drawn into that movie and that story or a book, like a great book, a a new friend here in the church dropped off a, a book that she wrote this week, and I started reading it, and I got drawn in, like, quickly, the story to it. So there's something about stories. Jesus taught with stories because they, it drew people in, and it was a relatable story. The parables were very relatable, especially in that day and age. They were relatable stories that uh, demonstrated the shocking announcement Jesus was in his teaching was making this unbelievable announcement and helping us with our experience in life, uh, our, the human realities, our experience and our responsibility that's now present as Jesus is revealing God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was opening the door to heaven, basically. And he was telling these stories to help us see the beauty of God and how we could experience God. Are you with me? Okay, so that's why he's telling parables. And A couple weeks ago, we started with the parable of the sower, which was this beautiful story of God throwing seed, a a farmer throwing seed, and he's so generous with the seed. If you're a farmer, uh, you would look at this story and you'd think, that's ridiculous. He was throwing seed where you shouldn't throw seed, and here's the great news, is God throws grace where you don't think he should throw grace. Now, come on. That's good news for all of us, isn't it? God throws grace to all of us, and it was a beautiful story of that. We wrestle with the soil of our soul and what we need to do to receive God's grace in our lives. But then last week we talked about forgiveness, and it was a, it was a tough one. It was a tough story because forgiveness is not easy, is it? It's not easy. Forgiveness is difficult. And if you missed last week, you can jump online, or if you missed two weeks ago, you can jump online and, and just wrestle through what does it mean to simply agree with God in his forgiveness, not just for us, but for those around us. How do, we, how do we join in to God's forgiveness, which I think is so powerful. And it's freeing. When you're able to forgive, it's freeing. It, it frees you from some of the chains that hold you back from entering into relationships. And so um, forgiveness, so important. And then we get into the parable of the talents. Now, let me give you the context. So for those of you who are nerds like me, do I have any nerd friends in the room? Let me give you some context, and then the rest of you, I'll call you back when I get pa- past the nerdy part, okay? So 
for the nerds in the room, let me give you the context of what, what's going on. So Jesus is getting to the end of his earthly life and, and, and when he's gonna, what he's doing, his ministry. He's coming to the end of it. And so he's getting very direct with his teaching. Like he's getting after it. And so these parables at the end of Matthew, which one of them today, we're in Matthew chapter 25, these parables at the end are vitally important. And what Jesus is trying to communicate is how important it is to live faithfully in the current day and age, to be faithful to our convictions and our beliefs in the current day and age, to be prepared in the current day and age. So Jesus is just getting, like, he's just getting after it. He's he's very direct. And the other thing that, that Jesus is doing is he's, he's, in a subversive way, he's making really bold statements about the religious leaders in the Jewish system of the day, the first century Jewish system. And this one in particular, when he's talking about the parable of the talents, most as they read this story, they would say, man, Jesus is saying some things that could probably get him killed. which they did. He was getting after the Jewish, he was saying, you've been entrusted with something. And not only have you, have you um, taken that and, and in a sense built walls around it, you've kept people who honestly want to know and walk with God, you've kept them away. So Jesus is just, he's just being brutally honest and going after them. So when we think about the context of what's going on when Jesus tells this story, he's just saying, listen, Time is short. Time is short. How many of you know how much time you have left? On our, we, none of us know, do we? And there's a sobering reality to that. Some of you might know. I don't think any of us really know. Some of us might think we know. But anyway, there's a sobering reality to the truth that we, none of us know how much time we have left. And so Jesus is saying, don't waste the life you've been given. That's a good message for us, isn't it? Don't waste the life you've been given. Like live faithfully in the present. So we're gonna jump into the story. And uh, so for those of you who don't like context and the nerdy parts, come back. We're gonna get into the story now. And if you miss everything else, don't miss this, because I think Jesus wants us all to hear this, um, that how I live Today, how I live in the present world in which I live, how I live is a, is a reflection of what I truly believe. My life is a reflection of my beliefs. And it's easy to say we believe certain things. It's easy for me to say I believe in this company, but to invest money says a lot more than just my words convey. Are you with me? So if, if you don't put your, your money where your mouth is, do you really believe what you're saying? That's kind of what Jesus is saying. So here it is. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. So, you know, Jesus is telling the, uh, this story that's illustrating the kingdom of heaven by the story of a man going on a long trip, and he called together his servants, and he entrusted money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of sil- silver immediately began to invest the money and earned five more. 
The servant with two bags of silver also went right to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and he called the servants together to give account of what they had done with what he had given them. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver, I love this, came forward with five more and he said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver. I have earned five more bags. That's awesome, isn't it? The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'm going to give you more. That's awesome. And then he says, let's celebrate together. Like, let's throw a party. Let's have a party. Now, I've told you this a number of times. This is just a side sermon real quick. When I was little and I thought about heaven, for some reason, I thought heaven was like a choir. And for some of you, you might love that, like the idea of a choir. I, did, I thought that was going to be kind of boring, and so I was not sure if I wanted to go to heaven. And then I actually started reading the Bible, and I found that heaven is probably more like a dinner party than it is a choir, according to some of the stories that Jesus tells. And how many of you like a good party? Anybody like a good party? <laughs> Heaven's like a good party. I mean, Jesus keeps telling us that over and over again. All right, that was a side sermon. Come back to the real one. Here we go. Let's celebrate. So the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward, and he also said, Master, you gave me two bags, and I have earned two more bags of silver. And the master said, in the same way that he said to the one with five. Don't miss this. Like the master was pumped about the five bags that became five bags, but he was just as pumped about the two bags that became two more bags. It wasn't about the numbers as much as what they had done. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so I'm going to give you more. Let's celebrate together. Again, a party. It's awesome. Then the servant with one bag of silver came, and he said, master, now listen to this. Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Why would you say that to your boss? Have you ever wondered, like, why is that his lead-in? What a terrible thing to begin with. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. And the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank so that I could get interest on it? Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with ten bags. Which seems a little unfair, doesn't it? To those who use well what they are given even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And then he said, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a great story. <laughs> and you're like, that seems a little harsh, Jesus. That seems a little harsh, doesn't it? Hey, it's just the story that we're told. And we have to wrestle with the reality of what Jesus is trying to convey. We have to wrestle with the proclamation that Jesus is making and the human experience that comes with that. 
And we have to begin to wrestle with the beliefs that we have about God and how we are to live the life that we've been given. Are you ready to dig in just a little bit? So, the first thing, one of the, one, something I love about Scripture is that you can read the same stories over and over again and something different catches you every time. There's like a depth to it. If you pay attention, there's like a depth to Scripture that you can miss on the first read, second read, third read, fourth read, fifth read, Sunday school lesson, Bible study, and then you read it one time and you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I ever get that? And there's a word that jumped out at me this time in studying this, this passage that I want to um, invite you into, and the word is entrust, and I was starting to think about the word entrust, and it's a transitive verb for you nerds in the room, transitive verb. Any English majors? Come on, I need, a, I need an amen. Well, an English major probably won't speak up like that, but amen. It's a transitive verb. I went to Webster's. Webster helped me out. It's, it's a great little verb here. And this is what, what the, the master did with all three servants is he entrusted. And so I started thinking, well, what does that mean that he entrusted? It means to confer a trust on, especially to deliver something in trust to. And then I love this second definition to commit to another with confidence. Isn't that an interesting way to understand the word entrust? To commit to another with confidence. If you make an investment in Apple or Microsoft or Starbucks or whoever, McDonald's, you are, you are committing with confidence. You're not going to give $5,000 to something you don't have any confidence in, are you? You're only going to put money into an investment that you believe will have a good return on that investment. I remember uh, years ago, a friend told me about a company, and he was like, dude, you got to get in on the ground floor. Some of you have lived this story. And... This company is going to be amazing, and they've got some government contracts in the work, and it's going to be unbelievable. And I was like, how much money should I put in? And they're like, everything. Put in everything. <laughs> that should make you nervous. But they were like, you should put in a significant amount. And so like, I looked in my bank, and I put in everything I had. It was $1,000. And that's all I had. And uh, I, I put in, Robin's hearing this story for the first time. I put in some money. Um, <laughs> into this, this company, and this was years ago, so it's nobody in the room, so don't get nervous, but it was years ago, and I invested this money, and um, long story short, this company, um, well, it doesn't exist anymore, and the SEC had some things to say about it. <laughs> and I trusted not the company, I actually trusted the person who told me that I should put money in the company, are you with me? But I didn't even know anything about the company, and it taught me a great lesson. It taught me a great lesson about, about research and, and, and wise thinking and wise counsel and those who actually spend time in this world and not a friend who actually didn't even work in the business or anything like that. He just had an idea that this was going to be a good company. Are you with me? Now, don't miss this. I heard another preacher say this once. We talk a lot about trusting God. We don't talk much about how much God trusts us. Now, come on. God trusts you. Did you know that? Did you know that God trusts you? 
That's a little uncomfortable to think about, isn't it? That God would trust you. Why would God give you something if he didn't trust you? The, the, in the story, the master who's representing this idea of the kingdom, the master entrusts money to servants. Entrust means to commit to another with confidence. The master gives money, the talents, to the servants because he is committing with confidence to them. And God has given you and he's given me different things in our lives, and we'll get to what those things are, because he trusts us. How awesome is that? That the God of the universe, the God who owns it all, entrusts to us because he believes in us. That's, that's tough to think about. It's uncomfortable at some level. I don't know what I think about that. Like, God, he trusts me? He must not know me very well, you know? Look at your neighbor and tell them, God trusts you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm not sure why, but God trusts you. Because that's what you were really thinking, wasn't it? That's what you were thinking in your mind, is I'm not sure why, but God trusts you. And he does. God trusts us. And he makes an investment in us. He entrusts to us certain things, and Jesus is calling us in this parable to faithful living based on what God has entrusted to us. He's calling us to be faithful with whatever it is, that whatever deposit God's made in our lives. And let me give you three quick categories. There's more than this, but let me give you three quick categories that maybe you could think through as a filter. Here they are. Time, talent, and treasure. Three T's, just so you can remember. The parable of the talent, time, treasure, and talent. God has given you time. You don't know how much, I don't know how much, but he's given you time. Odds are, based on the expectancy of, of living in our country in this day and age, odds are you and I will take over 500 million breaths in our lives. Take a deep breath. Don't breathe it out because you don't want to spit on anybody, but... Well, you got to breathe it out. You did because you laughed. But you'll take five, over 500 million breaths in your life. And if you work out and if you run and if you do other things, you're going to double it because you, you breathe more. God has given you breath and time. And it's so interesting to me that if you talk to, to people who have lived a long time, when they get on the backside of their life, you know, maybe they... They're disappointed that they didn't invest in certain companies, but you know what they really think? I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. Why? Because when you live life, you realize that you waste so much time in things that just don't matter. It's true with money and other things as well, but time is such a valuable commodity. Ask someone who's near the end of theirs. It's so valuable, isn't it? God has entrusted to us time and breath, strength. And Jesus is calling us to be faithful with whatever time God's given us. Talents. You have a talent. You have passions. You have abilities. You can do things that I can never do. You know? And what's so interesting is 
so often we get caught up in looking at other people's talents, wishing we could do what they can do, don't we? And we fail to see the talents that God has given us and the value in those talents and the fact that actually God has given us those things because he believes in us and he trusts us with what he gives us. You have a talent. You know, guitar is something that is interesting to me. I love guitar. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do this. Gary, I hope it's okay. I saw Gary somewhere. And years ago, um, years ago, I taught myself some chords. So a G, a C, a D, a special D, and I taught myself a B. No? I, I can't remember which fret, um, but you have to bar almost all of one and then three on the other. Am I close? Second fret? Second fret? And what's interesting is I wanted to play guitar because, man, when I see people playing guitar, like, like Sean and like Joe and like Gary, like, I just want to play guitar like that. Do any of you ever see people playing guitar and you're like, I just want to be able to do that. And so I taught myself these different chords because I wanted that talent to do it. And so I taught myself some different chords and then, um, then I set the guitar down because I wanted to... I wanted to do other things that other people did that I, you know, and so then I got into those things. And then I realized that even if guitar was a talent that God had given me, which it's not, but even if it was a talent, like a musical talent that he gave me, if I just do it like once a month, that's a bad investment by God. And if I pick up the guitar once a month, and forget it the rest of the month. Like that, what I just did is going to hurt my fingers because my calluses are gone because I haven't played the guitar in so long. And what I realized is if that is a talent that God's given me, I'm bearing that talent because I'm not picking it up. I'm not practicing it. I'm not using it. I'm not doing anything with it. And I'm wasting it. And I'll get to the end of my life and I'll wish I would have done something with what God gave me. And I'll wish I wouldn't have chased all the other things and treasures the same way. One of our greatest challenges is, like, we see what God has given us, and we have what's in front of us, but we always are looking to what other people have, wishing we had something that we don't have, failing to realize that God has actually trusted and committed to us a certain amount based on what we have the ability of. And here's the truth. Comparison is one of the great enemies to contentment and faithfulness in the current lives that we're living because we are always comparing the bag of silver I have to the two bags that you have. And if I'm constantly looking at what has been entrusted to Sean or to Joe or to Robin or whoever, you fill in the blank, if I'm constantly fixated on other people's talents and treasures, it will cause me to bury the very thing that God trusts me with. I figured there wouldn't be an amen to that because it's a little convicting, isn't it? But it happens all the time. 
that we constantly look at what has been entrusted. You know what's interesting? I started, I did a little nerdy research on how much is a talent? And you know what's, what's so interesting? A talent in the New Testament, in the, in the Greek world, was a weight of measurement. You know, one talent was worth about 6,000 days labor. It's interesting. We read this story and we're like, oh, man, I wish I had five talents. I wish I had five bags. And we miss, actually, how incredible just one bag is. I mean, let's just say it's $750,000 in today's world. Let's just say it's roughly that. Would you take that today? Would, would you take $750,000 today? Anybody in the room, would you take $750,000? And the challenge is, we say, yes, I would take $750,000. And then the person next to us is handed $1.5 million. And we forget how valuable this is. And we put it down and we cover it up because we're thinking we're not as much as them. Come on, church. God has entrusted you and me with something incredibly valuable. He wants us to use it for his good. The amount actually doesn't even matter. The amount doesn't even matter. What matters is what we do with what we've been given. Mm. Um, I remember I remember a, a coach uh, I think sports teach such good life lessons and teamwork and all that kind of stuff. And I remember a coach, one time I found myself, um, I found myself really envying somebody else's gifts on our team. I was like, man, I wish I had, I wish I had that. And if I had that, I remember a coach telling me, Matt, will you quit thinking about what other people have and just use what God gave you? Because until you use what God gave you, this team will never be what it needs to be without you. The kingdom of God will never be what God envisions it to be if you and I bury the talent, the time, the treasure, the abilities, the gifts, the relationships that he's given each one of us. So my question and what we're gonna wrestle with in this next few moments is this, are you available are you available? Are you making yourself available to be used by God with whatever it is that he's entrusted to you? Gosh, he's entrusted. He trusts you and he trusts me. It's amazing. So in this time, uh, the, the team's going to lead us and there's some uh, prayer stations at the back. Maybe you want to write out something. Maybe you want to sit where you're, where you're at and make a list. Some of the talents, some of the treasure, that God's given you, and maybe you want to stand and sing and worship. Uh, there's communion in the room on, on both sides in the back of the room, and maybe you want to take communion to be reminded of the great love that God has for you. He gave his one and only son. Communion is just a representation of that love, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, which was broken and poured out for us. So maybe you want to take communion. And as you take communion... I mean, maybe that's it for you today, taking communion. And as you picture Jesus being broken, maybe you would envision yourself as well, being broken for the world around you. 
your life being poured out, whatever it is he's entrusted to you. So will you stand with me as we begin? God, you are good. And what's crazy for us to think about at times is that you trust us, but you do. You trust us, you love us, and you've given to each one of us. You've given to each one of us time and, and talents and treasure. And God, I pray that we would make ourselves available to you with what you've given. I just pray that we would offer that back to you in Jesus' name. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, I played on a lot of sports teams, and I like to watch documentaries of bands, uh, some of my favorite bands. And you know what's interesting? The things that tears bands apart is the same thing that tears teams apart. And it's sometimes the same thing that tears marriages apart. It's looking at what other people have instead of seeing the blessing of what God has actually given us in the present moment. And then using what he's given us to contribute to the beauty of a team or a band or a marriage to live in the gifts, the time, the talent, the treasure that he's given us. Um, two thoughts and we're done. And here's the first one I, I, I hope just settles on you and it's this, that God trusts me. I want you to hear that today that God trusts you, and he's entrusted to you certain things. He trusts you. Some of you, he's trusted you by giving you children. Man, what a responsibility. But what a beautiful gift. God trusts you, and he's entrusted you. And so the question is this. What will you do with what you've been given? What are you going to do with what God's given you? What, what are you going to do with the trust that he's handed to you? Some of you, he's handed you businesses. He's given you the ability to build these amazing businesses. Some of you, he's put in positions of management. Some of you, he's, putting on, he's put on the front lines of, of customer relations. Listen, he's given you that because he trusts what you can do with what he's given you. So offer it back to him. Offer it back to him and watch him multiply it. When we're faithful in the little things, He'll give us even more. Isn't that beautiful? Ah, he trusts us. He loves us. So may you experience and know the blessings that God has for you. May you rest in those. May you not compare with what other people have, but may you use to the fullest the time, the talents, and the treasure he's put before you. And may you find great fulfillment and blessing and joy in that. Amen, church? Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.